Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Live from MMA Fighting Studios, this is Between the Links. And now, your host... Mike Heck! The iconic voice of Esther Lynn welcomes you to a brand new edition of BTL. It's Thursday. Yes, there's a lot to talk about, a lot going on in the sport. UFC 297 is just two days away. UFC 300 coming together a little bit more. And Don Davis is saying wild things again. And it's just Thursday this week, everybody. Thank you for joining us. No time to waste. Let us introduce the panel first. He is Mr. No Gray Area, the hot take kid, Mr. Cannonball. He's your friend and mine from MMAfighting.com, Mr. Ted Mishu. Hello, Jed. Man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, Mike, you know how this goes. At this point, like, I just know that every Thursday I'm on BTL, right? Like, that's just, that's the rhythm. And last night I was like, oh, I should go check, like, if Mike sent me an invite or whatever. And I looked at who who I'd be competing against today, and I was like, I don't know if this was intentional, but, buddy, that's, (laughs) that sure is the plan. It's going to be fun. I mean, it was intentional before everything happened, but... Yeah. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> yes. Joining, joining the program this week, also from MMAfighting.com, he is the Prince of Positivity. He is in Toronto, the site of UFC 297. And he is my best friend, gosh darn it, Alexander K. Lee. AK, how are you? What's up? Friend? What's up, my best friend? It's great, it's great to see you. My, my other two great friends, Jed Mishu, uh, EKC in the truck. Uh, it's great to see you guys. Uh, I'm very happy. Prince of Positivity is very happy. UFC is in town, uh, controversy free. I mean, it's just been a, it's gonna it's just be a brisk, easy breezy walk to the car. You know, it's all good. So I'm uh, very happy to be here. The well, center of the earth, AK, looks lovely after being dunked to the center of the earth, as people in my mentions uh, told me. Looks looks like it's not that bad down there, actually. I've been roasted, guys. Uh, I've been roasted. I've been bodied, apparently. It, it, so I don't know. I guess I'm, my, my career is over. Mike, should I be here? My career is oh. over. Look. 
I gotta go, guys. I gotta go. My career's over. I'll see you guys no, later. But, I'm not know, in MMA anymore. I, I wasn't sure how we were gonna like <laughs> lay this thing out because normally we do like, oh, this is what happened last week, and we go in chronological order, but. Regardless of meaty day and everything, like we were going to start today's show with UFC 297 talk anyways. And we were going to talk a lot about the main event between Sean Strickland and Drickus Duplessis for the middleweight title, which is going to be ridiculously fun to watch when the cage door locks on Saturday. Now, AK is here. This has been quite a 24-hour stretch for you, my man, as we've been sort of alluding to. You and one half of the main event had a bit of a viral moment at Media Day yesterday. It has been spread everywhere. Everybody's commenting on it. Even the Dan Lebertard show did a segment about it. It's caused a bit of division within the space. I think that's putting it lightly. So before we get into the fight talk, the event, Saturday night in Toronto, I wanted to see if you'd be okay with with giving your response to everything that's transpired over the last day or so, the takeaways, the good and the bad from a reactionary perspective, basically anything you want to say about it, and then we'll move on. The floor is yours. Yeah, uh, I see a lot of the comments flying by. Guys, listen, you're allowed to have your opinions. Uh, I've been getting it on social media, and I understand. This is this is the fan base. This is no secret. We talk about this. A, l- a large majority of the fan base, you know, uh, not uh, not particularly liberal. Uh, not necessarily a fan of uh, LGBTQT plus initiative, excuse me. Uh, we get it. We get it. And a lot of you are like, I just don't want to hear this stuff. When I, when I tune in to watch fighting or watch a fighting show or listen to a fighting podcast, I just want to hear about fighting. And while I'm pretty sure that's not true with a lot of you, that's the statement you guys seem to be making. And, and or, or you just flat out support Sean Strickland and you're a bigot. And that's a whole other thing. Like, there's no helping that. But I do want to address a lot of the yeah sort of questions and comments. Uh, just sort of some of the broader ones, which I think are fair, fair, fair questions and comments. Uh, there's a lot of comments not worth addressing, and you know whatever those just get added to the block list. So I saw a lot of people saying, uh, "Oh, this sounds like a guy he was got want to go after Strickland for a long time." Uh, first off, it's no secret I'm not a fan of the man. I think every show we've talked about Strickland, I always add the caveat of like this. You know, he's a great fighter, he's UFC champion, and then I'll say something like, "I personally don't like him," uh, and. He, you know, I, I don't like what the, a lot of the opinions he has. This is not a secret. I've said this publicly. Um, so when it was announced that uh, 297, he'd be coming to Toronto, coming to my town. I, well, so I'm like, well, I ha- I'm going to have to press on some of these questions that I've had about it, specifically his opinions about gay people, his opinions about trans people, stuff that, that I think is, is pretty important, especially for those who are not aware. See, in Toronto, we have a very strong LGBTQT plus community. We embrace those people here. Um, of course, there's people who are going to disagree, but. For the most part, that is, I think, representative of the city. We support those communities. Um, so it was a good opportunity. I see people asking, why didn't you ask him when he tweeted this two years ago? When was I going to do this? I want to ask him face-to-face. I want to ask him in a live setting. The UFC has not been in Toronto since 2018. So for you geniuses out there, do the math. Where is my opportunity to ask about this? This is literally the first chance I've had to ask him in a media day, and I took it. Whether you like that or not, that's the, that's the facts, all right? That's the way it is. And yes, I had been thinking for a long time how I was going to phrase these questions. People at MMA Fighting, my editors were so helpful with like how, how to approach this. Uh, big shout out, Sid Ziegler at OutSports. He wrote the article that sort of followed what happened yesterday at Media Day. I talked to him a lot before because, again, I'm an ally, but I'm not I'm not part of the community. I don't feel comfortable speaking for, for them, but I talked to people who sort of said, if you're going to be there and going to ask about it, here's the best way to do it. And so I felt that way. Um, so, Mike, you addressed it a bit as well this morning. Um that like, oh, we, we, we did it for clicks. We did it for attention. What clicks? We didn't, you know, we used that, you said it. We didn't post it to our socials. 
we didn't do a story. We are hosting the Outsports story, but that's not for that's not MMA fighting clicks. Not that we care. It's not about that. It's not it's not a story about getting clicks. It's an important story. Um, I'm kind of all over the place here, but I did also want to talk about the confrontation itself because we were joking like, oh, I got bodied or I got. Uh, I'm the infection now, which I actually kind of love. It's a great nickname. So if you guys want to call me AK, the infection Lee, I mean. That's just that's not great. a good nickname. It's not a good nickname. I don't see any fighters going out there as the infection. And maybe they'll start now. Guys, that name is apparently up for grabs. So go for it. Um, but the, but it's funny. The incident itself was so nothing. was like, for me, for me, in the moment anyway. Sean, Sean, uh, I know a lot of people only saw the clip. If you watch the whole scrum, he comes in right away making weird political comments that have nothing to do with fighting nothing to do with fighting people are asking him normal fighting questions and he's going he's doing this whole bit you know he's he, he's in top sean mode which people like he's like oh are you a liberal who'd you vote for nah, 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 all these he, this was before he got to me this was 15 minutes before he got to me he's going to other reporters who are asking what you would call you know whatever normal standard media day questions so people watch the whole scrum people think i asked these questions out of nowhere or i made it political out of nowhere he comes in right away with his personal politics I'm not, it's not, he's also wearing that shirt too. He's wearing that shirt. Yeah. He's wearing that shirt. It's not about who started. I'm not doing it. Oh, he started it. So I, I went after him. No, it's, if we're saying that personal politics and fighting are intertwined, at least when it comes to Sean Strickland, and that's what people like about him. And it's such a big part of his brand. How can it not be discussed? How can it not be questioned? That's ridiculous. And I made sure, again, I think the question is, my questions are cut off in some of the clips. I made sure they are pertinent to fighting. Again, this was his first time in Toronto, a very supportive community since 2018 the ufc's first time so i'm going to ask him these are important questions to people in the community so i'm going to ask him so i have to dig up an old tweet not ideal but it's a good chance because he's because such a great platform now to ask him if he's if he's mature if he just has a different stance on it he doesn't have to suddenly say oh i love gay people which he kind of did after he was like oh i have no i don't hate gay people he was all over the place man he was all over the place after but it's important you know you got you got to ask these things and then people saying the trans question why why are you pushing your trans politics his tweet said he was going to use his fight time to make a statement against Bud Light and its association with uh, Dylan Mulvaney and the, and the transgender community. That's a fight question, guys. That is him saying, I am using my role as a, as, a, as a UFC fighter to question a sponsor with the promotion. And I'm going to make a, a personal political statement on their time. I don't know if he meant post-fight speech. I don't know if he meant during media day, which is apparently what happened. But he said he could use company time. So go back, listen to the questions. You don't have to agree. I get it. If you don't agree with the questions, that's fine. But don't say the questions that have nothing to do with fighting and don't have anything to do with Sean Strickland. They very much do. So I accept I accept the criticism, guys. Uh, I accept what Sean Strickland had to say. Two people from the UFC, <clears throat> sorry guys, two people from the UFC PR team were very nice to me after. They, I thought they were going to give me a little, a little bit of crap. No, they said, oh, I'm really sorry that that happened. And I said, nothing, what happened? Nothing happened. He didn't say anything to me that I thought was like particularly out of line. The infection, I don't know what that means. I think it's hilarious. So it's the stuff he said about the communities that definitely I'm more concerned with. But stuff to me, you don't have to apologize to me. What what, ha- what did he say to me? I asked a question and he answered. I thought that was a fair ex- – I actually thought it was a fair exchange. His comments, again, I don't agree with. But the stuff aimed at me, it's it's not a big deal. People are saying I'm playing the victim. Where did I? Where at any point have I said like, oh, feel sorry for me? I was attacked. I don't feel that way. I don't. I don't think I was like – I don't know, particularly, I saw harass, we'll say harass, I guess. I don't know, maybe I'm not being sensitive enough, but I don't think it was that big a deal. I don't think he like came after me. He was saying nonsense that could have been aimed at anyone. Um, so, uh, I, I, sorry, I, Mike, I don't want to hijack the show, but that's pretty much my, my stance on it for now. Again, there's a lot of comments coming in. I got a lot of great DMs and from some people I truly, truly, truly respect. 
so that drowns out so much of the noise. There's a lot of faceless bots out there. So for everyone sending nice messages, thank you. For everyone sending criticism, listen, just think about this issue a little more. Go watch the full clip. If you don't like it, you don't like it. I'm not going to change your mind. That's fine. Uh, it, like we said, it's a free country. Uh, it's a free country here. It's a free country in the U.S. And guess what? That means I'm allowed to disagree with Sean Strickland says. And he's allowed to disagree with me. And you're allowed to disagree with me. And you're allowed to disagree with him. And that's the beauty of it. You can't be saying you support free speech and then saying Alex Lee should be banned from the press conference or Alex Lee should be banned from fight night because that's suppressing free speech, guys. Sorry to tell you. Uh, I just want to close. I'll say, uh, guys, donate donate to charities, man. Donate to, to meaningful charities. I just want to shout uh, athleteally.org. Uh, big charity that supports um, gay, lesbian, and queer and trans uh, participation in sports, finding ways to, to integrate. Uh, Sketch.ca, that's in, in uh, based in Toronto. And then also uh, Native Addictions Council of Manitoba. So you don't have to go into these places, guys, but find causes, donate, be active. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that, that need support and need a voice. And it's not, again, this incident, It's so I'm glad it has so, actually so little to do with me. I feel like and more to do with um, amplifying amplifying voices in the community, especially in the MMA community, that don't get a chance to talk and don't get to platform themselves. So um, I have no regrets over how this went down. And uh, again, I appreciate the UFC's sort of response to me. Are they going to release a statement? Is ESPN going to release a statement? I don't know. But um, hate hate being you know any focus of the story. But if it helped anyone feel safer in the MMA space, then I'm, I'm glad for it. Thank you, AK. I, I did. I did ask you yesterday if you were okay talking about it. And by the way, just just for the record, for all those, oh, you're only AK's only on the show for the clicks. We talked about this before media day yesterday. You were coming on regardless. I wanted you on mm-hmm. because you were in friggin' Toronto, anyways. So this had nothing to do with that. But the fact that you came on here and it even talked about that you're still here and that you gave a statement and that you responded to everything, cojones, my man cojones that's why you're my best friend i have so much respect for you and i stand by my tweet my best friend is better than your best friend so there you go there you go jed do you have any thoughts before we move on uh i mean ak look this is ak's thing right like this is not for me to insert myself the only thing i will sort of speak on this is just grow up like just everybody just grow up this isn't that hard um i the one thing that maybe I, I disagreed with AK about is it's not even specific. It's just we have this sort of there is a reflexive feeling to justifying asking these questions. Well, you know, the, these are fight related questions. Fuck that. You ask any questions you want. It, it truly does not matter. There is there are no lines to the questions that you have because that's how society works. My, my guys like. I can ask you anything I want and you are free to tell me to fuck off or to be like, Hey, I'd I'd rather not speak to that. Or, you know, yeah, my opinions have changed. Like this is, that's just interpersonal like relations in the world at large, not even in a, in a media sense. Obviously I do agree that these questions are very pertinent for a number of reasons, but even outside of that, like you asked an answer like it's fine he gave an answer and and to ak's point it's not like he went to like a really dark place overboard with it towards ak at least that certainly seems like that's not how he's feeling but you guys don't have to to stand on either side of this and be like well fuck that that's just like dude just grow up this is this is living in the world today and you know what if you don't want that as you're the way you imbibe the sport or whatever i can understand hey we all have to pick and choose our relationships to all things and to live the lives that we think are best for us. Log off. 
Just don't click it. It's like it. We are not making you watch the pre-fight press conferences. We are not. You know what I do? Legitimately, there are people I do not want to hear speak in this space. And like maybe I'm watching the MMA hour, and some dude or some woman is on, and I'm just like, I don't. You know what I do? I just mute the motherfucker. It's not that hard. Like the button's right there. The button is right there. And I have it. And then like if something super pertinent that I need to be involved in, it'll find its way to me. And otherwise, I don't have to listen to somebody ramble about stuff I don't care about. You don't see me logging on to be like, this is this is communism and anarchy and the world is dying because of it. I, you just don't have to engage with everything. If you don't want to, you don't have to. But I am proud that AK put it out there because there are people who want to engage with that, who want to know these answers, who maybe are debating about some things. And so it's there. And if that's not for you, I would disagree that it shouldn't be for you. But I'm not going to force that shit on you. Log off, my brother. It's not that hard. Well said. All right. Thank yep. you, AK. Thank you, Jed. And – you guys are here for fight talk, right? At least that's what the comments have been saying. So let's we're going to give it to you. I am I am rarely here for fight talk. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, you're here every week, so you're here for a little bit of everything, Jed. So uh, you know what, Jed, we'll start. I'm here for here. Don Davis. I don't know oh, if that counts getting... as fight talk. Oh, I'm here for whoa. Don Davis. Take it easy. Oh, Take it easy, it Jed. Oh, there we right. go. There we go. Let's go. Don't, don't you worry. Colors. We're, we're, we're going to talk about good old Donnie Davis. He's the, the UFC head. hater. Why don't go get Jed? Look at his flying i'm the enemy he, they, they call me the enemy that's the enemy right there pfl <laughs> oh, other way, I got <laughs> well look jed you have been probably the president of excitement when it comes to sean strickland versus drinkus two plus e you have been hoping this was the fight from moment one after sean strickland won the middleweight title that we were counting down the days to these two guys fighting each other and you have been championing this fight Obviously, there's been some weirdness happening at the media day. We saw the in-cage brawl or the in-crowd brawl at 296. We've seen things that were said at the press conferences. We've seen Sean Strickland react on Theo Vaughn. And then we have sort of embedded videos of these guys getting along and they're talking to each other's girlfriends and it's all hunky-dory, unembedded. Where's your level of excitement now for this fight? Strickland versus DDP. If you were at like a nine and a half before... Are you at a 10? Are you at an eight and a half? Because I still think the number is going to be pretty high for you. I was at a 10 before and I'm still at a 10. Um, like this, this has not really changed almost anything at all. About th this fight week has certainly been weird, not what I expected. I will also say it's it's Thursday. Like There's still a lot of fight week left. Things can go right back. They're, they can they can pivot. These two dudes are going to share a stage in the not too distant future, and I know that they came in the embedded and hugged it out and you know whatever. But um, let me say this in the simplest term: Sean Strickland is not a bastion of consistency. It's not like we can. Oh, he was cool with DDP on Tuesday at the hotel definitely going to be normal and fine like the next time they interact like you just have no idea roll the dice see what happens anything can come from this man so things could change but none of that will change my perspective on the fight because i'm just looking at this from the fight standpoint now once you involve the other stuff this week got a little bit worse like just legitimately but not enough that 
I've already sold my soul. I, I was having this conversation with, uh, I don't remember who it was yesterday, uh, Ben Folks, who, you know, talking about like those interactions and how that might dissuade some people from, from you know, support. And it's like, no, I just, you're here, right? Like I, I, I made this deal a long time ago. This board is filled with a lot of people that I do not politically agree with or agree with almost anything that they feel or think or say. And that's fine. Like I, I have just, it, you know, the sport houses the likes of Ramzan Kadyrov. Like I can't, I can't parse this out too much. I just like watching dudes hit each other. And these two dudes, they're going to hit the shit out of each other and they do it a lot. And it's going to be awesome. The more I have dug into this fight, I've become even more excited because I truly don't know what's going to happen. Um, I've got a primer coming out on the fight today. And it is, I mean, it basically says, you know, if you look at it, these two dudes' strengths line up really, really well against their opponent's weaknesses. And so I don't know how that's going to play out because it is so easy to see the path for both men to have success to end up winning the title. And the way it will go about will be fun because Drikas Duplessis is simply not in boring fights. It's it's anathema to who he is. So, you know, it, if it changed your opinion, totally get it again. Everyone is entitled to to perceive and interact with the world in the way they wish to. I'd still love this fight. Uh, the rest of the card we could talk about, but uh, the main event is still one of my most anticipated fights of 2024. And I, I cannot wait to Saturday and I can get answers to the questions that I have. AK, you're obviously in Toronto. You were... Obviously, everybody knows you were in the room with Sean Strickland and Media Day. You were in the room with Drickus Duplessis. You've seen the clips on Embedded. And you have been on record saying that you felt the in-crowd brawl between these two guys. A little pro wrestling-y, a little, uh, little bit of a work. And we saw the Embedded footage, all of that. Do you feel vindicated in some way? But, I mean, I guess the real question is, do you feel like some of the heat may be off this, or do you feel like after the press conference later on today as the show is live, things are going to ramp back up? They're definitely going to ramp back up at the press conference. The, the, as Jed kind of said, Sean Strickland's like is unpredictable um, in many, many, many ways. So I don't know if the, you know, the, the uh, positive, like friendly run in with DDP is like a blip. It's just a, oh, well, you know, we have, we have fight week ahead. Let's not do anything now. That's going to cause anything. Dumb. I think, Sean even kind of phrased it best himself um, when he was talking on the Chris Kurt with Chris Curtis on that podcast. He was like, he really specified the press conference. He's like, if, if DDP crossed the line and get the press conference, I'm going to stab him. And probably just hyperbole. But I do think Sean is kind of looking ahead. Um, I don't think he wants to start anything. He definitely does not want to jeopardize a payday. I know there's a lot of people out there who are like, you know, Sean's for real. He doesn't care if he like causes a problem that, that ends up with him getting removed from the card. DDP has been saying like, He's a bit concerned that Sean's going to cross the line and get himself removed, but I don't think that's going to happen. Not to say that Sean Strickland's whole deal is like an act or anything. I think there is some, uh, like I, I think he is like genuinely a, a, a uh, I'm trying to find a nice word here besides wild, like, you know, let's say wild card again. I think he is generally a wild card in some regards, but I do think there's enough control and he has enough good people around him to prevent him from doing anything absolutely nuts. So yes, uh, listen, I'm very excited for saturday's main event again i don't get to cover a lot of events live the crowd is going to be bonkers for this one i've been calling this like a one fight card as far as broader interests again i love the coming event but you know a lot of people maybe not super hot about it 
And I think it's going to build up really well. They got a lot of Canadian. This is how you build a one fight card, really. A lot of Canadian content on the card. Most of them should be successful. Jed, we did a no bets bar. We are picking a few uh, Canadians to maybe fall short in front of the hometown fans. But generally, there'll be a lot of good times. Good times for the uh, rowdy and very likely uh, drunk Canadians in the crowd. Um, you got a you got you got a somewhat low wattage title fight in the co-main, and then you've got a main with a ton of heat. Uh, highly anticipated. Sean Strickland getting back in the cage, you know, pretty soon after the Izzy win, I think is the the best possible thing he could do. He still has a lot of uh, a lot of heat from that from that win, so that's great. Um, and then, yes, the stuff between the mothers may vary. Loved the brawl. I don't know if I want to call it again. I've, I've joked that it's like a pro wrestling style brawl, and it was in many ways. But hey, DDP said he was taking real punches. Sean said he was throwing downward elbows and uh, i'll take their word for it i'm certainly not accusing anyone of fraud but yeah all that definitely made me anticipate the fight more and yeah just the style matchup and i think how unpredictable it is there's 20 different ways this fight could go um and i don't know if we're giving our fight pick uh, today so I, I'll, I'll try to save it for i don't know never i don't think i'm gonna be on the preview show either so maybe i don't have to make a pick mike unless you want me to uh, throw one out there we'll get there we'll get there at the end uh someone asked on heck of a morning uh could this be a lawler condit Lawler, Rory McDonald type of affair. And I actually think it could be like, I think there is a real world that this could be one of those fights. I mean, look to put it up. Those are two of the five greatest fights of all time. You could put one, one of them is probably on everybody's number one spot in terms of like all time action. Of the two. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really good. And this, because of the style and because what I think could actually happen here which is so crazy to think about with Sean Strickland because when he <laughs> stubbed in to fight Nasruddin Imovov, the reaction from the MMA community and probably on this show to some extent was like, oh God, another Sean Strickland apexy main event. And then what, eight months later, he's must-see TV. And I do think stylistically the most exciting Sean Strickland we've ever seen could come out here. And Drinkus Duplessis just has no... He has no brakes. He has no other gear except just full force. So I do think this could be like one of those fights that if you have a couple of beverages, you could bring home a, a little drunk pizza and you go to UFC Fight Pass. You're like, hmm, what fight should I watch today? This could be one of them. This could be one that you look back on five years from now and want to rewatch. But to talk about the, the, the impact of this fight, Jed, and then you can respond to that as well. What's the best case scenario for the UFC? in terms of who wins and cause you I'm with you. I feel like the UFC 300 main event has not been announced because I think they want to wait and see what happens here. Now there's a chance that these two guys beat the shit out of each other to a point where they can't turn around, but they're hopeful that one of these guys can turn around to fight out or Hamza or whoever. What's the best case scenario here for the UFC in terms of the fallout of this fight? So first, uh, I just don't think this has a chance to be like a fight of the year, all-time great fight, uh, strictly because I don't think Sean Strickland's durable enough. Like when you look at those yeah. fight of the year, all-time fights, it is two dudes who are incredibly durable. And Drinkus Duplessis appears to be that. We have certainly sort of seen that from him. Sean Strickland, I'm not, you know, he is not some glass-chinned dude or whatever, but he can get got and the way that with the hammer that Drickus swings, like if if he's landing in a way that would make it this exciting all-time fight, that probably means Strickland has died. Like he has just fallen over and cannot continue. So I just don't think it's gonna be that. Uh, I'd be be great if it was. Always want more of those. Fortunately, 
looks like we might have a number of those kind of fights lined up on the docket for later this year. As far as best case scenario, um, it's a really good question. I was trying to think about it. I think the best case scenario is likely to happen because I think that it's an either or for the UFC. The answer is they want the winner of this fight to be able to turn around to fight Israel Dissing at UFC 300. If Sean Strickland wins the fight, it kind of doesn't matter what condition he's in. He's just going to take that fight. That's sort that's his gimmick. That's who he is. He will sort of accept any fight uh, under the right conditions and he'll get paid handsomely. Having Sean Strickland headline UFC 300, given the just shitstorm that this week has been, maybe not ideal, but still, you know, that's a that's a baked-in rivalry. You're super happy with that. Conversely, if DDP wins this fight, it's probably going to be fairly quick. It's probably not going to be this long, protracted battle where he suffers a bunch of damage and can't turn around quickly. And then you get DDP versus Israel Adesanya, UFC 300 main event, which, you know... Could also be a bit of a nightmare given the history of those two and the the where their trash talk goes. But at the same time, no one really cares because that fight would be sick. There's a ton of heat on that rivalry. So I think the best case scenario is likely to happen. But the answer is just that the winner gets out of this relatively unscathed and can make a pretty quick turnaround here. Your thoughts, AK. You agree? Yeah, one, either of these guys, if you can, if you can get Izzy uh, to come out and end his hiatus, which it seems like he can end at any time. Like I think we're all kind of encouraging him, and we're kind of happy to hear that a guy who was such a busy champion and took on so many tough fights was was willingly, you know, stepping away from competition so he could rejuvenate himself. And he's doing, he's got a doc, he had the documentary, he's always promoting things. Seemed like he was pretty drained, but that opportunity to to headline and some would say save UFC 300 and again if the price is right maybe it's enough to get easy back Sean Strickland certainly said that he said uh, at the press conference if there were, he was asked if 300 was in the cards he said yeah pay me pay, pay pay me what I deserve and I will headline UFC 300 against someone and I'm like yeah that's probably the best answer if the money's right they can make a Strickland uh, Izzy rematch happen or they can give people the the Izzy uh, Duplessis fight that is just like it's reaching uh, Edwards Makachev levels of like, uh, not Edwards Makachev, Edwards uh, Masvidal, excuse me, levels of like, ah, this fight never happens. What a waste of all this heat, all this promo time, all this uh, ugliness, frankly. <laughs> that's, imagine like all this if, if, if we didn't get uh, DDP and, and Izzy. So I still want to believe that fight's going to happen. Um, so best case scenario, Jed is right that we don't have a serious injury, even if it's not for 300. Like 300 is the, is the best case scenario, but if we could see either DDP or Strickland turn around again within the next six months, that'd be great. I don't want to see either of these guys have to be shelved until like late summer, early fall, especially Strickland who like his whole, again, Hey, I don't like the guy, but his whole deal is he's active. He fights in a way that keeps him healthy and he could have a really big year in 2024. We've kind of talked about before. There should be no chance that he like repeats as uh, our fighter of the year that he was our MA fighting 2023 fighter of the year. But imagine if he's healthy enough and successful enough to get in there and defend the title like three times. He'd be up there, man. He'd be, like, he'd be really strongly in consideration. And what a strange period of May this would be where he, that guy uh, is our best fighter of the year two years in a row. So um, I don't think it matters to the UFC which guy wins uh, as far as their business goes. I don't think either guy is necessarily – Strickland might be a little bit more of a draw right now, but I think they do have something with DDP. Um I think they like him a lot. I think they like his fighting style, definitely more consistently exciting. So it's only, as long as these guys make it to fight night, I think there's really no way the UFC can lose. Um, for the first pay-per-view of the year, 
expectations are pretty, I think, pretty moderate, and I think they're gonna they're gonna meet or surpass those expectations. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a good night, uh, at least by the time the main event is settled. Yeah, dude. If he could beat if he could beat DDP Izzy again, and then Hamzat in twenty twenty four, like Sean Strickland's gonna have a real good case for this. So, AK, you teased it. I don't know if you're, it doesn't look like you're going to be on the preview show tomorrow. Maybe you'll uh, maybe you'll throw your prediction on the weigh-in show, but we could break some news here. Which what's your pick for this main event? Ah, gosh, I reserve the right to change again, Jed. We did we did no bets barred earlier this week, and I think I like said what were some interesting wagers, but I never actually gave a pick. I've been pretty strongly on Strickland. Like I feel like I'm really seeing he survives DDP in the first two rounds, pours on around three, takes round three. And then either wins a decision or can maybe find a finish in round five. That was one of the big props that we were talking about, uh, Strickland knockout in round five. People are telling me this is a little crazy. They're saying like that there's no way that not that there's no way, but it's very unlikely he survives sort of the best version of DDP in the first two rounds. And I'm, and I'm just not sure. Uh, it's really hard to tell what version of Strickland we see on fight night. The thing that's really sticking out to me is uh, Chris Curtis said this, other fighters said this sparring with Sean and actually fighting with Sean the first time is extremely difficult. His style is, is just a little bit unorthodox and it's really hard to figure out his rhythm. We saw this in real time with the Izzy Adesanya fight. People can say Adesanya was off, whatever. He couldn't figure out Sean Strickland. And everyone says that's what happens the first time you, you, you throw hands with him. So I'm going to stick with my Strickland prediction, I think. I, have, I do have to write official predictions for MMAfighting.com. I don't like to change them. And I'm going to go with Strickland dramatic Fifth round TKO on a, a, a depleted DDP. Let's go with that. I, I think I'm going for max excitement. I might be being selfish because I'm there. Maybe I just want the most exciting like outcome. So take that bias there, guys. I, I just want to see have some, see something fun happen. How about that? Well, we'll 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 see what happens. I'll have my pick on the preview show tomorrow. I'm actually leaning Sean Strickland as well, but. There's more that's happening at UFC 297, and I know you're you are watching Wait, and listening. I don't get I don't get to here. give a pick. You can, oh yeah, you're not on the you're not on the say, pick. You're bad. just gonna transition us out. I don't get to give a pick. It's nonsense. Oh, I thought you I I thought you were gonna be there. All right, who are you picking, and why well, is it DDP? Well, it is DDP. Uh, I totally understand Sean Strickland winning, and I like it makes sense to me. The way he attacks is really really well set up against DDP. I've been trying to figure out why I've just had such a vibe for DDP this whole time. And I was listening to Jack Slack's podcast this morning um, and it sort of all crystallized. He was like, because they're sort of inverse fighters, right? Like Sean Strickland, the the way they go about business is sort of the same, but just kind of exactly opposite. And with DDP, he is like 80% anarchy and then 20% like tactics, and that was like the the Rob Whitaker fight. It's just like you hear him talk about it afterwards. Is yeah, we saw a couple like he he outlined specifically like what they saw, what they prepped for, how they went about attacking Rob Whitaker. And so most of him, he's just fighting like DDP. But then in the in the middle of that, there's like oh here's this opening attack, and it drops Robert Whitaker, and suddenly here we're going. It feels like that's just how this is going to happen because also if you look at like you look at Strickland's resume, great, not here to not here to knock it. He has historically struggled against dudes who hit just real hard. Like if you're just a bonker, he's he's struggled with you. Jared Kennedy, Alex Pereira, most obviously, uh Alesgizo Santos, like those those are the guys, and he just hasn't fought a lot of dudes who hit really hard. 
And so his game works really well. But I, I think DDP is going to be able to disrupt him, hit him real hard. And if he gets him down, I think this fight is over. DDP is extremely underrated as a just demon on top. The way he emasculated Robert Whitaker the moment he got on top of him was really jarring. Uh, he can just bring all his physicality to bear, and I don't think Sean Strickland can keep up with that. So I won't be shocked if Sean Strickland just teeps him a whole bunch and DDP gets real tired, but I, I'm going DDP. I love it. I love it. On opposite sides here. Let's move on. The rest of this card, it's going to be fun. It's probably a quick second round, but the point for round one goes to... The Prince of Positivity, Alexander Kaylin. Oh, good. good. Job. Yeah, I, I was going to say, though, I was surprised. We were, I didn't know we were doing a sc- traditional scoring episode, Mike. I got I got 10 sixth yesterday. I, I don't know if I can take another. <laughs> you need a TKO public. to win. I think yeah. I need a TKO. I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm way down on the card against Strickland. So I, I don't like my chance of knocking him out either, if I'm being honest. If it came down to that, I do not like my chances. Yeah, so, it seems uh, unlikely. But good. I didn't know we were scoring today. I have a feeling that. Uh, our wonderful producer E. Casey Lydon will be weighing in on who wins this actual contest. Uh, more on that in a moment, but. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Look, guys, first paper of the year. We talked about the main event, which should be really exciting. We have the co-main event for the vacant women's bantamweight title, Raquel Pennington versus Myra Bueno Silva. By the way, Raquel Pennington was kind of on one of the media day, so I was, I was pretty stoked to see that. Neil Magny, Mike Malott, Chris Curtis, Mark andre Barrio. And AK, I will disagree with one thing you said in round one. You said this is a one fight card. This is a two fight card, baby. Arnold Allen versus Mavzar Vloya. There you go. Yeah. I love this fight so much. This, including the main event, is the fight I am most intrigued by just from pure martial artist perspective and what could come out of it. But I will start with you, AK. Gymnastics score. And I'm not talking the main event. I'm talking the rest of the UFC 297. Uh, let me take a quick glance at the card again. My initial thought is a nine at best. But Jed has called my scoring system into question before, and rightfully so. And I have had to recalibrate. I do think maybe maybe pay-per-views shouldn't be an automatic nine or above. Uh, and so if we recalibrate here, so if I give a lower score, don't don't think I'm saying this is like not a pay-per-view-worthy card. It's like, or it's like a terrible card. I'm just being more realistic, I think, with people's expectations. So that's kind of what I said before. Let's... In the event that we get nine Canadian fighters uh, in action, like at least six, I think I think the most the card can take, like uh, for the sake of the crowd, is three Canadians losing. I think, and I think that's safe. I think I think it's fair to say Canadians will go at least six and three, seven and two. So that's good. That's going to look good on air. You'll see a lot of cheering. It's going to get people at home pumped up. Like that always helps. See, seeing a happy crowd makes us feel better. I think when we're watching a show. So. That elevates it a little bit. 
I like the co-main. Whatever. Well, again, if we need to talk about that more, we'll talk about that more. And like I said, the main event's a 10 out of 10, so that lifts it pretty high. But I'll stop short of 9. I'll stop short of 9. So this could be a, a 8.8. Everything goes well. 8.8. Because much as I love, like I said, that sort of some of the Canadian names in the card and the top two fights, some of these fights on paper don't look like they're going to be like bangers. But fighters, prove me wrong. You know, go out there and and, and fight for those bonuses and give us some highlights and, and have us talking about this uh, at the end of the year. Have, have, you know, re- really steal the show and set the stage. That's what I hope happens. Jed, you have a different grading scale. The Michelin rating, and is that a zero? A zero Michelin stars? Why? Even with this main event, we we struggled really hard between one and zero um, because it is one fight. Like, I mean, look, I like Arnold Alomar, so I have I like that in theory, maybe more than that fight's going to play out because I've watched both dudes fight before and it's not like they are serving up bangers every time out. So like that's in theory, that's a good fight and it's certainly meaningful and relevant, but you know, the co-main events meaningful and relevant and that's probably going to be the worst fight you can imagine. <laughs> it's just, there's a high likelihood that that's not interesting. I hope I'm wrong. I hope the co-main's great and my brain of silver wins. Um, not because I have an issue with Rocky Pennington, but if Rocky Pennington's the champion, then that's going to be the most boring title that ever there was. Um, and then we have her and Leon, and that's a tough scene for our champions to be. So at least MBS gives us a shot. Uh, the rest of this card is just poop, man. Like it's it's just it's poop. Like I don't know what else to tell you. It's poop soup <laughs> with with some caviar on top of it, and you know. I like caviar. That's great. But can caviar save poop? I'm not sure that it can. And so that's where, particularly when you have to pay $500 for it, because that's the ticket price for like the upper bowl at UFC 297. It's like $500. And if I was in Toronto, I would look at my, like, do I want to spend $500 to watch one fight? I don't think I do. Like, I think I'd rather just buy this pay-per-view than go to this event and watch it. So it's, it's tough. If you want to give it a one per my grading, I get it. I mean, there's no world in which it's more than a one. Uh, if you wanted to give it a one, okay. But we don't do half stars because we don't believe in half measures here, Mike. It's one or zero, and, and we've defaulted to zero because the caviar can't save the poop soup. And zero is if you're in – if you live in the city where the event is being hosted. Wouldn't go. You still Correct. wouldn't go. Damn. Correct. I would uh, not attend this. Again, I, I don't play – I have – I have plenty of friends who, when they saw those ticket prices, who are like, well, when they heard before the card was really announced, but they heard the UFC's coming back, they're like, oh, this, I, I got to go. First first time since 2018, I got to be there. It's because the crowd's going to be live. And I think the crowd will be good. I'll be surprised if it sells out, but I do think the crowd will be good. Uh, but yeah, when they saw the ticket prices, when they saw the final lineup, a lot of my friends backed out, man. A lot of my friends were like, for, well, first asked me if I get them free tickets, which I don't, sorry, I don't have that kind of hookup. And then we're like, how much are the prices? And I'm like, well, here you go. Here's the list. And they're like, I'm good. I'm out. So your rating is pretty fair. And I think a lot of my, uh, these people, a lot of people Dude, would agree with it. If it was like 20 bucks, probably like I had this conversation last week with my sister. She lives in Kansas city and you know, they were hosting the playoff game. It was minus 30 degrees with the wind chill. I was talking to her. I was like, how much are tickets? It can't be especially like we can actually get 40 bucks. Like if you want to fly into Kansas city, we can get tickets for $40. And I genuinely thought about it because when else am I going to get to watch a Patrick Mahomes chiefs game 
in the playoffs for 40 bucks. And then I was like, no, I don't want to be in negative 30 degrees of weather. That sucks. I would rather, I would rather do that than spend 500 to go to this. Like it's, it's a tough card, man. And like, you know, I'm trying to be more positive this year, but there's not a lot to hang your hat on outside the main here. Yeah, I went to I went to the Patriots Titans playoff game. I think it's like the seventh coldest game in NFL history. Uh, it ain't fun. I, it ain't that fun. Can't I've be. Been to, I went to an AFC Championship game in '96. The year the Patriots played the Packers in the Super Bowl. That game was frigging cold too, and that was Foxborough with the the high school esque bleachers instead of the seats. Oh yeah, sheesh, dude. dude. It was it was tough. It was tough. But <laughs> speaking of championships and things that matter and ticket prices. Jed, is this co-main event for the Bantamweight title? Is this the fresh start that women's 135 needs? Myra Buena Silva versus Raquel Pennington. Myra Buena Silva has been pretty heated, mostly at Juliana Pena. Raquel Pennington, like I said, I thought she showed up pretty fired up at the media day. She seems very confident in herself. Is this the fresh start this division needs? I feel really weird about this fight because like this is the fight that I thought made the most sense like meritocratically and that's what 2024 is it's the year meritocracy we all know it get on board uh and yet this week it's just been like kind of feels like Juliana Pena should be involved in this I know she's injured and that's why she's not but like the conversation sort of steers around her and at least even though I supremely dislike her as a fighter uh she does it like she brings some level of interest that is is just not coming to bear with these two uh look i i sort of said it in my last answer if pennington wins no this isn't the fresh start this is terrible and if pennington wins she will deservedly be a champion respect to her she's a very solid fighter she's paint drying man like she's if Leon Edwards is leafy greens rocky pennington is maybe one step above Holly Holm in the dietary fiber like <laughs> ranking of of fist fighters. It's she's just not compelling television, and th- that doesn't mean she's not good. She obviously is very good on a great run over quality ish. Com- you know, quality is relative in this weight class, but quality competition. If Marvina Silva wins, there's more of a chance. But as you kind of look into this fight, I was talking to AK about this. I don't remember if we said it on air or not. We've sold ourselves a bill of goods with MBS, particularly MMA fighting, because she's had like three fun wins. And more specifically, she finished Holly Holm and kind of finally ended that reign of terror. We've all decided that, oh, she might be fun, but actually she probably isn't because if you look at all of her other fights before then, it's not like she was the most captivating <laughs> fist fighter that ever was. So like maybe that's an outlier. I, I don't know. If she comes in here and she runs over Pennington, then yes, maybe this weight class has a champion who won't be Amanda Nunes, you know, in that respect, but at least is more exciting and more compelling. And the the matchup with Juliana Pena will be better. If not, uh, then yeah, 135 will continue to exist as the worst weight class in the sport, that's a real weight class. So, AK, do you agree that MBS has to win for this to be a fresh start? Or could mom Raquel, who, like I said, fired up at media day, has some heat with Juliana Pena herself. She's been calling for this fight since the ultimate fighter. She does not like Juliana Pena. I'm sure the feeling is mutual. Where are we at here? Do you agree with Jed? 
No, not at all. Not at all. I think Raquel will be a fine champion. This is a, this is a new day for the women's 135 division. All right. Amanda Nunez comfortably retired. I think we're, we'll be pretty confident that she's, uh, she, I don't think she's ever coming back. Uh, I think she's done everything she can, made a lot of money. I think, you know, we'll still see her cornering. We'll still see her involved in the, in the fighting world, but I don't think she fights again. So we've got, this is what we've got, guys. We've got Amanda Buenosilva. We've got Raquel Pennington. We've got Juliana Pena waiting in the wings. Uh, either one, I think, would make for a great matchup. That, that's this. I don't know if this is the first time that we've had a situation where we're uh, in the women's bantamweight division in a while, where we're like, oh, we are, we have this title fight, and we also have a, a ready-made challenger. Like, there's there's a a narrative in this division for the next six or seven months that has not existed for the longest time. It's kind of I'm sure I'm the only one thinking this. It's kind of dragged along a little bit the last few years. You know, that, I don't know. People, I know people will disagree with me. The division's kind of dragged along a little bit. It's not It's not the Roundy Rousey, Misha Tate, Holly Holm, you know, star division it once was. Uh, but I, I, it, it is nice to see that. Again, there does seem to be a, a promotional plan. Juliana Pena, love her or hate her, is doing her part to, again, uh, do more, have us care about more than just two fighters in the division at a time, which has been one of the problems of the uh, women's bantamweight division. It used to be, we care about Amanda Nunes and who is Amanda Nunes fighting next. That's really it. I have some hope as well for the next generation of uh, women's bantamweights coming up. We've had like uh, Nora Cornell added and Melissa Dixon, uh, Irene Alexieva, some talented fighters who uh, are currently competing at 135. Josie Nunes, she's been kind of messing around in 145 and is clearly a bantamweight and i think is like people are sleeping on her a lot so i hope we see her back in action soon this division is not going to become a top five division it's probably i'd I'd be surprised if a women's bantamweight fight headlines any card this year even if it has a lot of heat with like i don't know again bueno silva and pena i just don't think it would be a headliner and that's fine that's not where the division is yet uh and again may never be may would never be the ronda levels again or amanda nunez levels even uh but that doesn't mean it can't be a respectable division again and considering how low this division has sunk uh, at times, I think we can take that. It's just, it's just nice to have a division that has fights regularly booked in it. I think, Jed, you're always bringing up, they book like a dozen, 12 to 14 women's bantamweight fights a year in the UFC. It's so wild. 19 wild. last year. There 19. were 19 of them. Was that kind of the Hard ones Hard to have that, a weight know? class when 19, 19 fights occur. Was that kind of the ones that got canceled? Because then some of the fights got canceled. No, no, People, no. The 19 okay. that occurred, that, that happened. happened. That's pretty good. So I think we can beat that this year. Especially that, if we have uh, a, I don't remember if there were any weight misses last year, but that does include weight misses if there were. Just like okay. that was scheduled to be – I don't remember if anyone missed. But like, yeah, 19 of them. Really tough to have a weight class I think, when 19 fights occur in a year. It doesn't feel like a weight class, does it? So uh, I don't I don't know yeah. if we're going to blow that number away. I think like at best you're getting 2021 women's band. You might even get less this year. But at least the picture at the top will be a little more intriguing. So yes, I'm highly optimistic that no matter who wins, Raquel Pennington or MBS, uh, will at least have nicer things to say about uh, women's band to division. Uh, sorry, division this year. And I know that's setting the bar really low, but let's keep our expectations, you know, realistic. Well... Let's keep our expectations realistic for the Professional Fighters League because that's where we're going next. Uh, We will have more 297 (laughs) talk on the preview show tomorrow. The point for round two goes to Mr. Poop Stew himself, Jed Mishu, one-to-one. It's a soup. It's not a stew. Soup? It's a scoop. I mean, no matter how you make it, soupy, stewy. It's hilarious nonetheless. So. Big dollop of caviar on top and hope it works out. 
depending on who you ask, speaking of hilarious, uh, Don Davis back in the news. Jed Bashu, I think you're the perfect guy to start with. Been an interesting week for MMA in Saudi Arabia and promotions that host their events on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. UFC was supposed to host an event March 2nd in Saudi Arabia. No longer happening. They're going to move that to the world's most famous Apex. Maybe they go back in June. And then we find out that on February 24th, the highly expected PFL versus Bellator Champions card is going to happen. And the same night as UFC Mexico City. We did a quick reaction to that, Jed. And we'll get into what Don Davis had to say on the MMA hour yesterday because I, I laughed a lot. And I'm sure you did as well. But he's the best, man. <laughs> you started you started that reaction podcast. I mean, putting this event over. You were very into it. And then the more we talked about it, the less you put it over. Now, where are we at now? A couple of days later, we've heard from Don Davis. We've heard about the plans for the promotion. We'll get into some specific quotes in a moment, but where are we at here? Are you still at that 10? Are you a little bit where are we at? Are we somewhere in the middle from where we started to where we ended on that reacts? Look, I'm still pumped about the fight card. I think it's a, as I said on the react show, it's as good a fight card as PFL can put together. You know, like maybe that's not explicitly true, but Don Davis kind of went on and explained why there isn't Kayla Harrison Cyborg, why uh, Apache Mix isn't on the card. Like the the kind of obvious names that would be left off. Uh, Don Davis's quote more or less was, if, the, if you're thinking of a fighter that we have access to that's not on the card, the only reason they're not on the card is injury or conflict. And so, and, and that's a, as good an answer as you can sort of ask for. And the fight card's still good. Fight card still is, is a very, very quality fight card. I kind of like the construction of everything they're doing. My issue was, as I sort of thought about it, the timing was going to be abhorrent because it was going to run concurrently with UFC Mexico. And that's just going to draw much more attention. Now, that actually appears that maybe that's not the case because um, it's going to be earlier fight cards. There there will be some overlap, but it might not be as bad as I thought. Um, but still, like the kind of point remains, it's better to do that. that This fight card will happen in a weekend where they do not own the weekend now because UFC Mexico will still own the weekend. They will be driving the narrative and – it's not what PFL wants. They want to kind of be making these big steps. So still got that those issues, but ultimately it doesn't matter because Don Davis, I just love him so much. He's the funniest <laughs> man in mixed martial arts. Like he's he's not trying to be. He's 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 so earnest that I almost don't believe that he's being earnest. But God, he is funny to listen to. When he was talking to Ariel yesterday, and without a trace of irony or a smirk, like nothing, it was like, well, you know, we, we're we not idiots. And I think that's actually – maybe we know what we're doing. And, you know, you look, and we look at our fight cards. And, you know, if you look by fight matrix, which is, you know, if, if, you're, <laughs> if, you, if you know MMA, if you know MMA, you know fight matrix. It's kind of the only universally accepted ranking system out there. And if you look at fight matrix, our scores line up dead even with non U non pay-per-view UFC events. And he said that without the, tr like the slightest trace of irony. And I just howled, I howled <laughs> laughing at how every facet of that is ridiculous and funny. And then 
a couple of minutes later was out there talking about, you know, uh, what, what's going on with Francis Gunner. Actually, I think it's great that Francis isn't going to fight for the PFL. I love that Francis isn't fighting for the PFL. It's so good for us that he might fight for us in 2025 because the fight will be bigger because he's the biggest star in the sport. And, you know, we don't have anybody for him to fight. That's true. But maybe... Maybe, you know, the winner of Hanan Ferreira, Ryan Bader, maybe that's the guy who jumps up and says, I, I should be the one to fight Francis Ngannou. And it's just, he's the funniest man in the sport, and I cannot get enough of him. Cannot there's get a, enough. There's a specific quote I'm going to read in a moment, but I also love the the comparison of like, listen, you can go to Cabo in a private jet in March, or you can go there tomorrow on like in a Winnebago. In a Winnebago. You just, so, do you go to go Cabo? There? No, of course. You wait till March to go to Cabo in, in the, the private most, jet. <laughs> it's the most, look, I, you guys know, I am, I am prone to making sort of somewhat ridiculous analogies, leafy greens, etc. going, this is great. This is like, ha- Francis not fighting for us. It's like having a brother who's a millionaire and, oh, I can't fly you to Cabo uh, on my private jet. But we can go next year. No, I'd rather go in my Winnebago. It's just the most strained and ridiculous, incredible <laughs> analogy I've ever heard. He's the funniest man in the sport. It's not even close. <laughs> AK, we have not heard your reaction to this card. Henan Ferrer versus Ryan Bader is the main event. Impa Kasang and I versus Johnny Eblen, the co-main event. Jesus Pedato, Patricio Pitbull, Magomed, Magomed Karamov, Jason Jackson. Those are the champ versus champ fights. We also have Bruno Capelosa, Vadim Nemkov at heavyweight. Tiago Santos versus Yoel Romero, which could be awesome or horrible. Uh, Clay Collar versus AJ McKee should be a lot of fun. And there's some other fights on here. Gabriel Braga versus Aaron Pico, but I don't know if that fight's going to happen just based on what's going on in Gabriel Braga's life right now. Mm-hmm. Curtis Shields mm-hmm. back on the card as well. Is this what you were hoping for? If you're the PFL, if you're a PFL fan, if you have bought into what the PFL is going to be doing in 2024, if you feel like this is the year that the PFL plants their flag, we are the co-leaders. People are going to believe in us as the co-leaders. Is this the card that takes that next step for you? I am uh, more uncomfortable answering this question than I was uh, facing down Sean Strickland the other day, if I'm being honest. This is like, because I'm the prince of positivity, Mike. I'm supposed to say, I'm the prince of positivity. Obviously, I'm a huge UFC hater. As people know, I hate Dana White. I hate the UFC. (laughs) Um, So I'm supposed to go like, yo, Don Davis is like, is is running this. He's going to be, he's going to forget co-leader. Don Davis and PFL are going to be the leader by the end of 2025. No, I mean... I like Don Davis. We all do. We love Don Davis. Great promoter. This is what promoters do. So, they're, they're, they, so, you know, they can. They, there's a lot of hyperbole in there, but that's his job. That's his job. We don't want. I don't want realistic projection, Don Davis. You know, I want the Don. I I want full ringmaster, Carney Don Davis. Tell me sweet things. Tell me sweet lies. I will buy into him. That's what I want. But if we're just strictly looking at the card on paper, um, it's it it feels like it's just missing i mean some pretty obvious things i know there's a lot going on with chris cyborg and kayla harrison there's a lot more it's not as simple as just signing those two and having them fight as all they've both got their own things going on i get it that's really the headliner you needed for this card though because respect to, to henan Ferreira, respect to ryan bader that is a strange looking headliner to me like that is a strange i, I know the bout order isn't set but the current promotional material we are seeing it's Fajeda and Bader front and center it's a heavyweight fight you always you know that's classic combat sports heavyweight fight goes on last 
So it's, I understand why it is the way it is, but man, selling that uh, as a pay-per-view to a more casual or lapsed MMA fan, yeah, that is not going to land. And I'm looking at these other fights, and and it's not like they had a better option, right? I mean, a lot of great fighters in here, but no one who's this household name draw or even close to a, 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 a like a dedicated hardcore fan draw necessarily. Uh, we needed Cyborg Kale Harrison. We needed Patchy Mix to be on here. They have other cards to do. So I understand if those are fights are big enough on their own to headline and that, and that's their plan. So they're keeping Patchy Mix off and getting him a better opponent and and having that for another show. Sure, it makes sense. Again, when they whenever they put Cyborg Harrison together, again, that's a main event of its own card. Maybe they didn't feel like they had to load this up, but it's missing something. Because what is the must-see fight on this card? I I like there's good matchups. But nothing on here. I mean, these are that's. I mean, listen, and that's if you're a hardcore fan, it's like great fight, fight in the night okay. potential. But I cannot sell anyone who who's like a casual or labs fan. I mean, like, oh, you got to check out these guys, Colin McKee. It's not. There's nothing I could do. There's nothing about that matchup, just other than saying it's a great, it's exciting matchup. These they're no, cross promotional. Jed, wouldn't you help, just say help. to them? Wouldn't you just say to them, "Hey, it's four champs versus champs," because that's like that's don't, the trigger. No, and we talked no, about this, not. and like maybe that doesn't no. maybe that doesn't work. I'm not here to say that that's going to hit for everyone, but PFL <laughs> has exactly one fight that is sellable: Cyborg Harrison. I'm honestly not even sure that's that sellable from like an actual numbers sense uh-huh, uh-huh. because Chris Cyborg is way less popular than y'all think she is in that regard. Not y'all, you y'all, the the broader y'all. They have, they have one fight that is like a marquee fight unless Francis Ngannou comes back, and he's not. And so instead doing this, hey, it's four champs versus champs. Like that's a cool gimmick, even if one of those champs is on Ferreira and one of them is going to be Magomed, Magomed Karimov laying all over people. Like it's just it, you're only going – you're not going to get <sighs> lapsed fans with this. You're not going to get casuals. PF, here's the newsflash. PFL is never going to. I am strongly opposed yeah. to them making this a pay-per-view. I have yeah. couldn't have been more clear that that is a bad choice, but that's the road they're going to walk on it. Taking that aside, this is as good a card as PFL can put together outside of the two fighters that are not on here for very specific reasons. But that's a hell of a caveat, though. That's a hell of a disclaimer, you know. Like that's and that's that's how we're evaluating this. Is we feels like it feels like it's we're so. Is. It's not. It's like, I'm not saying it's a terrible card, but it feels so far from the like how excited we were. I think when we realized the possibility of them just doing champ versus champ versus champ card. I mean, you're right. This is this is the best we hope for. But for championship fights, sorry, it's not the best we would hope for. Minus those fights. For championship fights, have we not learned PFL? Have we not learned how what a drag these cards can be? And it's a twelve fight. No, but they're only three rounds. Oh, well, three rounders, only three. AK, three rounders. Okay, it's selling me a little more. I, I, I that's probably elbows. the smart thing to do with elbows. With elbows, no, no bullshit. The actual best thing Don Davis said yesterday. The one thing that I didn't laugh at, ironically, was mm-hmm. when Ariel asked him, "Was like, why? Like, what's the three round thing?" And he was just like, "Yeah, you know, we've been we've been listening. We understand that our pacing isn't maybe the greatest in the world, and that having this many title fights that would sort of strain what we're trying to do here. So we thought we'll just do them three rounders, and particularly with the short notice ish nature, that's." better for the fighters as well like that's them taking a lesson hey one of the major knocks on us is that our pacing is awful we're going to try and speed this up 
seven fights on the main card. Still not sure that's a great choice, but you know, not 25 minutes is a huge, huge benefit to this card, in my opinion. I'm amazed they didn't squeeze Biagio Ali Walsh's pro debut onto that main card there. It feels you like got a hook, you got a hook. Still people, early, you know? <laughs> I feel like they've been building that for so long. They've dedicated a lot of time to Biagio Ali Walsh. Uh, you, you guys are selling me with the three-round thing, but I just cannot get my my blood up. Maybe I'm a fake fan, you know, because I of course I'm gonna I'm gonna keep up with the coverage. I I'm gonna you know, maybe maybe if I'm covering it, I'm fighting will pay for it. But if I'm a non-hardcore, I shouldn't say non-hardcore. If I'm someone who's not working in MMA, it has to mull over fifty dollars for this pay per view. It's maybe. a once in a lifetime thing, but no, no one's gonna pay for it. No one's going to. Oh, oh, that we've settled on. Yeah, no, this was. Oh lord, um, you obviously did not listen to our reaction show where did this not. was me going down the the well of you're going. <laughs> On that Saturday night, you're going to open up ESPN Plus if you're in the U.S. and you're going to look at a free UFC fight card in Mexico that is headlined by people you know and has a crowd that's going insane versus a $50 card with people you don't know. I have no idea what the Saudi crowd will be like. My guess is it won't be as good as Mexico freaking city. (laughs) And which of those choices are you going to make? Everyone's going to take the free UFC card. No one's going to buy this thing. Uh, It's why it should be free, but... You know, you can't tell people that apparently it doesn't fit with their economic models per Don Davis. I don't know what economic models they're benefiting by getting $400 from the media (laughs) members who buy this, but I guess they're getting some. I wish the leader of the co-leader nothing but the best. Uh, But this is a, if we're doing gymnastics rating for this car, I mean, this is maybe at 8.2. For wow, what should, what should be a massive? I'm I'm a real downer today. Again, I'm a real downer today. This whole segment has been so much more uncomfortable for me than yesterday. You have no idea. Well, we're gonna play. We're gonna play grade the. Sure. Yeah, we're gonna play grade this. Grade the quote in a moment. Um, the more I look at this card, the more I realize this is actually pretty brilliant by PFL because had. And, and I'm talking about how from a perceptional level, like maybe not from a buys level and a business level, but a perception level, because let's be pretty clear, ladies and gentlemen, if we had a, a full entire card of Bellator champions versus PFL champions, maybe one PFL champion wins, like maybe one, like it's going to be a massacre for team Bellator this way with these four particular fights and the way they have structured this card. You can make a case for a two and two. Maybe maybe it's a sweep for Bellator. Who knows? But at least this way, perceptually, you have the chance for Bellator, for PFL to win a couple of these. And that wouldn't be the case if we did a full-on champ versus champ card. But real quick, before we move on to UFC 300 news, Jed, I want you to grade the quote from Don Davis. Yeah. A, in the dark. <laughs> I don't think it's any coincidence that the UFC's March 2nd event was canceled the day before our fight event was announced. Those who know MMA said, that's not a mega event. That is not worthy of being hosted in Saudi Arabia. That's a poor fight quality card the UFC put forth on March 2nd. Now, could UFC load up a card and have a mega card? They could. Do they do it that often? They don't. We're going to do it every time we do it. Is this still an A? 
That was a banger. Um, I would, you know, you could quibble with like what does Saudi Arabia deserve, like what is fitting to book there or whatever. That's kind of, you know, get out of here. But uh, look, he he lined up a shot and he took it. He he. This is one of the few times he has had a legitimate window to knock the UFC, and and it was fine as opposed to him like spewing off some stuff that's ridiculous and incorrect. Because like facts are facts at this point in time. The card that PFL was offering was legitimately much, much better than the UFC's planned March card. Now, they go in June, that might change. The UFC may, maybe they make a point to stick it to Don Davis. They're certainly going to have to offer more because the Saudis will not accept less. But you can't argue when the man is, is dropping actual truth, you know, and that's largely what that was. So, you know, good good on him. AK, now let's let's also throw this out there. Don Davis did the whole thing where it's like this fight card compared to any UFC card. We have four champion versus champion fights. The UFC could never do this kind of thing. Throws that over, which we kind of shake our heads at when talking about pay-per-view quality and what constitutes a $50 buy and what doesn't. But just that quote, that just taking that opportunity to, to poke and prod at the UFC just a little bit. No coincidence they canceled their card because they knew our announcement was coming. What's your grade? I, I mean, I have to be with Jet. This is this is a all around, man. This is this is now is the time to punch up. Don Davis is doing the right thing. Now is the time to punch up. You don't get these opportunities with the UFC too often. You you uh, you poke a Goliath too many times, you're going to get stomps. So you, you got to be careful. And like I said, we've had moments in the last few months where it feels like Dana's kind of you know turned his head in their direction and i know don is like excited about it don has been saying like oh the fact that he's answered questions about pfl and he's talked about pfl that means that's a sign that we are we are we are making ground and that's true but you do really have to be careful you, you again you cannot poke a giant for so long before it stomps on you and does something to stop you um but uh yeah i i i, I the one thing i want to say is i love um how people were sort of questioning the Saudi or like the, whatever the government saying like, Oh, how can they like do that to the UFC and like demand a, a strong card? And I'm like, we should all be demanding, you know, we should all be demanding better cards to the UFC. Shouldn't we? Uh, I don't mean to side necessarily with the Saudi government on this one in general, but just the idea that, um, that they could, uh, in a group independent of the UFC could have so much influence on their business practices. You should not be shocked and you should not be like torn up about it. You should be like, yeah, okay. Maybe, maybe, uh, this is a consequence of sort of the watering down of cars that we've we've discussed forever. Uh, and as far as, and I really love Don saying, the UFC would never give you four title fights in one card because it's true. It's true. This is great advertising, guys. This is that is factual. The UFC would never. They wouldn't. They wouldn't do it. And you know, I, I'm sorry, couldn't. They couldn't. You know, they couldn't because they wouldn't, guys. They would. Why would the UFC do that? They have forty something cards a year, twelve, thirteen pay per views. They need to separate their title fights. They also have title fights that can sell on their own. So that's the that's the truth behind it. But at the same time, if you're done, you're not lying. UFC could not do that. They could not do that because they wouldn't. But they can't. So a, a all around. Uh, this is this is about as good as you can as you can punch up. And uh, and Don's doing the right thing. What what effect it'll have again on 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 how people view the PFL or him or this upcoming card? I don't know. But uh, it's made some headlines. And again, that's that's all you can do right now when you're the very very distant number two and you're trying to just gain just very carefully gain ground. Well, it made headlines. But just for a few short hours, because something else overtook those headlines. And that's where we're going for round number four. 
Jed, do you have anything more to add? You look like you want to say something. No, no. Our comment, <laughs> our comment section, incredible. I'm so Is proud it? of these people. I'm so <laughs> proud of them. He's the one guy spamming the same comment for the last 35 minutes, like he's got a winner. Is just, I got him. I got him. I'm going to click this every three, every three minutes. What a fucking legend. Um, Buddy, I hope you're having a great day. And I hope this, this really fulfills you because I see nothing you. but the best. Yeah. I appreciate the game. Yes. <laughs> Wish you the best. Uh, Wish you the best. The point for round three goes to. <laughs> Chad Mishu. <laughs> He's got the shirt. He's got the shirt. I can't. Yeah, I can't be. Yeah. You know? He's got the shirt. Well, as I, said, I love our fans. I absolutely love our fans. They're the fucking best, man. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May seventeenth, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge? That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. PFL versus Bellator had headlines, but then UFC CEO Dana White steals them all. Because he goes on social media, he sees some of the backlash about UFC 300, which I have said multiple times, everybody relax, be patient, let's see how the rest of this card shapes up before we start throwing rocks at glass houses when it comes to UFC 300. Dana comes out and says, Jim effing Miller, fresh off his win at UFC Vegas 84, will be fighting Bobby Green. But the one that has gotten all the reaction, the BMF title will be on the line yet again, the second time in less than a year, the new champ, Justin Gaethje, will defend against the former featherweight champion, Max Blessed Holloway. AK, we have not heard your reaction to this. We did a, a second react spot on Tuesday talking about this announcement in this fight. Seems like people are into it. There are some people kind of divisive who are just like, oh, why are we doing this? Max is too small. He's going to get thumped up real bad. And then some people are just like, I don't care. This is a banger. 
Where are you at here? What do you think of this matchup? Does this feel 300-ish to you, Gaethje versus Holloway, BMF title? Mike, love, 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 love. Such a popular on-to-the-next-one matchmaking pick for the last two, three years probably. Everyone's saying when, when he kept running to uh, Max Holloway, when he kept running into the Volkanovsky wall, like – Maybe, uh, you know, maybe dip his toes in lightweight again. Maybe dip his toes in lightweight again. You know, it's a great lightweight to fight. Justin Gaethje. This is a dream matchup. And that's, you know, ideally uh, when they're putting together the UFC 300 card, the kind of you want to have those big title fights, big title fights, like actual real UFC title, quote, unquote, real UFC title fights and dream matches, right? Dream matches or big name power. This falls under, you know, a dream match. It's not I, I know the BMF title is on the line. Mileage may vary there with people on how valid that is the title, but it's cool. It's a cool gimmick. It doesn't matter. If it means we get five rounds of Gaethje and Holloway, who can complain? Uh, I'm all in, man. I, I, I don't – I'm not as concerned about like, oh, well, well you know, Max just doing that because there are no more options of featherweight and he's too small for lightweight. True enough, you know, not a guy who – I don't know if he if he's going to be able to, to deal with some of the bigger lightweights. Is he gonna just going to get smothered when it comes to wrestling, uh, some of the guys in that division? Yeah, maybe. I mean, Max has elite takedown defense, but true. If we're talking about 10-pound plus when they get into the cage, maybe 10-pound, 15-pound difference, could be tough to overcome. But that doesn't matter. I don't care uh, about what happens next. I don't care like, oh, is Max Holloway going to win this and then he's going to defend the, the uh, BMF title? Is he going to stick around a lot? Who cares? Who cares? This is an incredible fight. It's going. Uh, uh, Max did not look bad against us. I know it was a clear win for Poirier, but people should go back and watch that their, their rematch. He, he had his moments. Maybe the size did turn out to be the difference in the end. I don't know. But he had his moments. He clearly can compete at 155. Uh, facing an elite guy like Gaethje, that's another question. But this is why we book the fights, people, because we want to find out. We can do all the. We can worry all we want. We can think about all the ifs. Oh, but if this happens, and if this happens, and if if this is too much of a factor, okay, sure, you can worry about that. And maybe people will be perfectly right. They step into the cage. Gaethje's hulking over Max Holloway, uh, and it's a complete mismatch. Maybe, but there's enough doubt in my mind for sure that I I need to see it play out. I have wanted to see it play out for a long time. I don't think I'm alone in this. Dana and the UFC matchmakers they nailed this. Uh, this is a great great fight. It it is. Absolutely. It's maybe the most 300 fight yet uh, on 300 plus, of course, uh, anything involving Jim Miller. So Jim Miller and Bobby Green is up there as well. But yeah, I'm nothing but hype for this one. It's awesome. Jed, a couple days removed from our reaction to this. We've heard different sides, the upsides, the downsides. Where are we at with this now? Dude, fight sick. Like that's at a, at a baseline level, this fight kicks ass. There are quibbles, the same ones we talked about in the reaction show. I don't know who fights Islam next. Like the the turnaround will be quick if they are doing that June card for Islam, particularly because also at UFC 300, there's the Charles Oliveira Mansarukian. Like that's that's a lot of dudes who could have been fighting Islam. I don't know. I have no clue why Justin Gaethje would agree to this fight. Makes zero sense to me. He had a title shot locked up. Even if you think he's going to win, and he may well do so. Like, I, I think I'm going to pick him, but I'm not confident in that. I'd need to take some more time. I don't know why you risked the title shot that you absolutely have to headline UFC 300 unless you're getting, yeah, I'm not headline because he's not even headlining. Like, unless he's getting pay per view points and, the, and a pay bump on top of it. Like, I just don't know why he'd take it. But this five freaking rocks, man. <laughs> I guess when are either of these men in boring fights? It it simply never happens. Max Holloway is one of the more exciting fighters of the last decade. And Justin Gaethje is at worst, 
the second most exciting fighter in the history of the sport. Like this fight is so damn good that I can't be upset about the other parts of it because who cares? Like it's supposed to be fun. It's damn fun. Um, I've seen some people push back like, oh, defending the BM. Like, who cares? Like, why? That I would rather have a BMF belt that is defended as like a thing. And the, the, the internet MMA community, you know, Twitter, Kaposa has put out rules basically for a violence weight belt. Do it like that. I think that that would actually be cooler than having it just as a random one-off thing to to fill card space. So like, and, and Max Holloway fitting, fitting challenger for a BMF title. This fight rocks. I don't know why it's happening, but I'm very excited that it is. Last thing on this, and then we'll probably end up going to the knock around, which would be a stunner for a program such as this. And I'll start with you, Jed. If you had to put a betting line on it right now, if you had to, kind of put numbers next to all the people involved. And I would say kind of looking at the situation, it's probably six to eight guys you could throw in there. Gaethje, Holloway, we got Santini, we got Poirier, we obviously got Sarukian and Oliveira. You could even throw Matush Gamron and RDA in there as well because they're about to fight. Who is the favorite, just based on what's going on, how you feel things are going to play out over the next couple of months? If you had to make a bet right now, who is going to fight Islam Makachev next? That is so good. Let me look at one thing really quick. Um, when is that Gamera RDA fight happening? It's a two ninety nine. I was gonna say Gamera just because from a timing standpoint, I think he probably beats RDA. If he beats RDA, two ninety nine is a little bit easier to turn around for June than because again, like. I think the winner of Max Justin Gaethje and people might not like it if Max wins it, but I think the winner of that is a terrific title challenger for Islam from a selling standpoint. People would be into that fight, uh, but whoever comes out of that fight is not coming out unscathed. Like I doubt they're making a quick turnaround. They're going to need some time off. Oliveira Sarukian, something similar, though I guess there is a world where one of them could win violently and quickly. I will guess that Against all odds, the winner of Dustin Poirier, Benoit Saint-Denis, is the one who gets the title fight because it's Dustin Poirier. I don't think you'll have a hard time selling him even you know, with several losses in recent years if he beats BSD. And if BSD goes in there and dusts up Poirier, it's on a great run, super violent dude. I, I think that that would be fine. So I don't feel any level of confidence in that, but that will be my guess strictly because from a timing standpoint, I think the timing lines up better because I do think the UFC wants Islam to headline in June. Okay. What do you Damn. Think? I love the BSD suggestion or, or Poirier, even the Poirier suggestion, but I like, the, I like it in my mind, have BSD, you know, scoring an upset win and, and going out and getting a title shot, uh, that would be amazing. No, um, I, I'm, I'm focused on Srukian. I feel like Srukian going to find a way to get it. Uh, I do think he's – I probably will end up picking him to beat Oliveira, I guess. Uh, and then we're going to push back for it. That does mean we'll probably push Islam's next fight down the road. Ideally, he does fight in June, but I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know how the UFC um, is going to have to structure their second half of 2024, right? And I feel like if they can put Islam in, in a better spot – I mean, June's great, but if they put a better spot against a – actual challenger uh and Srukian, a guy who a lot of us are predicting to be a champion someday um and there's heat there right there's heat there with the rematch that's always fun so i'll go Srukian. i i don't like the idea i, I had this horrible thought as jed was speaking about holloway beating gaethje 
and then fighting Islam. And then Islam's like past three tile defenses all being against featherweights. It would be such a weird way for his legacy to sort of be forming. And, what are you and talking great. about? That's oh, what John uh, Jones people call him the goat. He's oh, the I, I, uh, I opened the door. Check, I check opened the facts, the door. baby. That is a true statement. That is oh, a true God. ass statement. I walked right into that one, Mike. I walked right into that one. Hashtag gaslight John Jones. Uh, I think it's a little different. I think it's a little different. I do think um, Islam needs to get some actual lightweights on there. So that's the one scenario I don't like. As much as I love Max Holloway, as much as him beating Gaethje certainly would be worthy of a title shot sooner rather than later. Uh, I just don't. One, I'll probably pick Gaethje to win. And two, even if Holloway won, I can't throw Islam in there with another featherweight. It doesn't feel right. So give me uh, Sturkeon beating Charles. And then having the the title fight, uh, a rematch with Islam, probably won't be ready for the summer, but uh, sometime second half 2024. Jed, you and I were smirking at the same time. I wonder if we're thinking the same thing as all of this is is coming up because maybe we're not. But I'll tell you what I started smirking and what what came over my thought process. Could Leon Edwards be next for Islam Makachev? Considering the timing here, if they want him in June and yes. none of these guys are available. Is Bilal Muhammad about to get jumped over by Islam Makachev? Is there a chance that happens? Yes. I still don't think it's a good one. I We talked about it um, sort of in the reaction thing. I am now very, very confident that Leon Edwards will headline UFC 301 because um, business doesn't stop at 300. They got a pay-per-view the very next month and they need a new champion on it. Uh, and I just – I think we have largely all sort of assumed 300 would make sense because it would have, but – once you establish that Gaethje Holloway is going to be there uh, and it already has another title fight on there, unless you're going to do four, which the UFC won't, Dana can't put out a message that says, hey, you guys know how sick you liked that that BMF fight? Leon Edwards is headlining 300. Can't do it. Just can't. That'll go over like a fart in the wind. Cannot do that. So I think 301 is Leon, which then is an even worse timeline for June. But there is a world where they just say F it. Saudi wants something big. Here's big Islam challenging for welterweight. I desperately hope that doesn't happen. That would be that's the worst timeline and would really uh, be a big blow to my 2024 as the year of meritocracy and righteousness, uh, you know, agenda that I'm pushing. So I won't say zero, but I'm really hoping that doesn't happen. Saudi, Saudi could come. I mean, it could. Man. Okay. Do you, th- do you think I'm crazy for even putting that on the map? It would be so insane. It would be, but it's I could see it happening. I can Lightweight see it happening. is so good and has so many dudes who need to yeah, They might not have a choice. Do that. That's what I'm saying. They might not have a choice. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I want Islam to stay at 155 and fight 155ers. This seems like such a small ask, doesn't it? It seems like the smallest ask possible of a, of a UFC champion. But these days. Ever since Conor McGregor broke the universe, it's really the, it feels like the the other has become the norm now. The the needing to call out, the needing to move the one or two title defenses, and guess what? I'm a dominant champion. I'm ready to go out, ready to go become a champ, champ. So that's how it is. It's it, it is actually realistic. Like I said, I picked Armin next for Islam because that's just I think it's just what I want. But man, Leon and Islam have been talking up like a potential uh, champ versus champ fight for so long, and you know Leon wants. I mean, Leon is just. Um, he, he has never said he's wanted to fight Bilal. There's never been the indication like he's done a terrible fight, a, a terrible job of if that fight does end up getting booked. He's done a terrible job building a fight with Bilal. 
it's fine. He's, you know what? You're answering questions. You're being honest. I, I, I understand. You know, you can't lie. You can't lie to the people, Leon. But man, you could do a better job of, of serving up a guy who is well deserving a title fight and is quite possibly going to get it. But, but, if uh, Makachev and Edwards's machinations pay off, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe uh, Leon's been right not to, uh, not to talk up Bilal. Maybe Islam's been right to say, "Hey, I'm ready to challenge for that welterweight title." And and maybe they do get their headlining opportunity in Saudi Arabia because, yeah, we've seen the Saudis. Listen, they they are not easily pleased. They're not just going to take anything. But Islam fighting there and then defending against another champion uh, that has uh, that has nodding Saudi heads all over it. I can't believe I just talked this into existence. Perhaps because, oh god, I just don't. Th- I don't. I think hope it happen. doesn't happen. But you're I are truly really good lightweight might. contenders. You did it. Though maybe Saudi gets I'll, pushed to July or August. Maybe that'll be better. I'll hate it with every fiber of my being, but a piece of me will respect the grift to fight of featherweight twice and then move up to welterweight as your lightweight title <laughs> reign. That's a good grift. It's a really good grift. I'll hate the shit out of it, but man, that's a really good grift. Well, let us move on, everybody. The point for round four, man, we're approaching BC levels of length for these shows. Uh, Point for round four goes to... AK Lee, it's two to two. We're going. We're going the knockout round. We're going to do this very, very quickly. I had no idea what I was going to ask. And well, we're just going to ask something else. And I think I may know where both of you guys are going, but knockout round time. Each of these wonderful competitors will have 60 seconds to answer the same question. Once they get through that, I'll talk things up. Casey will come on and announce the winner because that's how we're going to do it today. So Jed, you were the last man to pick up a victory on this program. Do you want to go first? Do you want AK to go first? I'll go first. Screw it. Who cares? What? Wow. Taking the initiative. Mental warfare. Mental warfare, AK. I I don't want you coming in here with journalistic questions. (laughs) Stay in your lane. You know? (laughs) All right, Jed. Look, it's no secret. We already talked about this. You have zero Mishulin stars for UFC 297 coming up on Saturday. We have obviously the main card, which we've run down, but we do have some preliminary fights. We have seven of them, as a matter of fact. 12 fight card as of right now. So here's what I want you to do, Jed. I want you to sell the people on which prelim fight they should they should watch. If they could choose one prelim fight to watch before turning on the TV at 10 o'clock to watch this, or I'm sorry, turning the TV on MAFighting.com's great website for the watch party, which fight are they picking and why? Tell them. Go. This is an impossible task. The, this is this is more difficult than the John Wick impossible task to sell one of these prelim fights. And I feel bad because I'm I'm going to betray AK in doing so because I'm going to use a piece of information that I did not know until until just a couple of days ago. And AK sent it to me. And I'm going to read this quote. It's a quote from uh, bantamweight Sergey City, who's rematching Ramon Tavares, a fight that happened on the Contender Series, had an absolutely garbage stoppage, and despite no one wanting or needing this uh they're rematching it in the ufc sorry city going into high school he says he was a very very scrawny kid with a love of extreme sports and a lack of self-confidence and he was inspired to start combat sports training after watching never back 
down. Anyone who watches our programming knows my great love for that particular movie. Some say the greatest film of 2008. Some say of the entire decade. Uh, shout out to Never Back Down and all the people involved in it. And because of that, I'm here to watch Sirhei City fight this Saturday. Wow. I, I learn something every week on this program, and I think that's why I love doing it so much. AK, uh, Big Tyler I didn't forever. Jed, it's I, it's I, it's, I it's Surrey City. It's Surrey City. Oh, Surrey City. Man. Come on now. I'm going with Re- my pronunciation. Reiner Reiner De Ritter. All right, Reiner De Ritter. Jed. Reiner De Ritter. Oh lord. Oh god. Uh, AK, same question. Uh, you're going to be in the building for this in Toronto. A lot of Canadian fighters representing on this card but what's the prelim fight i think i know where you're going with this but go ahead and sell the people go no i'm gonna go in a different direction that i i thought jed was gonna go in i think we're starting off the right way man because we talked about uh you know getting getting tweets on oh, we didn't talk on this show mike you're talking about heck of morning getting tweets on the broadcast and the best one was gc and jed flyweight unders your back and we are going to get one right away to start off the card malcolm gordon versus jimmy flick both guys sub 500 records in the ufc both pretty known for their finishing acumen i mean uh, uh jimmy flick amazing grappler malcolm gordon pretty well-rounded and, and, and uh, not a bad grappler himself so i love the style matchup i know the matchmakers want to start the card off with a finish if this goes over one and a half rounds, I will be shocked. So we are guaranteed excitement right away. I hope they keep both guys around. I, I know neither guy's had like amazing success, but uh, Malcolm Gordon uh, representing Toronto, by the way, and uh, Jimmy Flick maybe getting back on track with a win. So flyweight unders are back. Let's uh, we can get kicked the night off the right way. I love it. I'm stunned. I thought Jed was going with that fight. I thought you were going with Brad Katona, Garrett Armfield, the multi- AK, the ultimate fighter, the ultimate fighter. Can uh, shouts to I don't know who said it in the comments, but legitimately shouts to them as their comment was listening to them try to sell the prelims. I totally get why Jed gave the zero stars. <laughs> tough on these streets, guys. This is a tough fight card, Canada got. <laughs> tough one. Oh man! Well, there you go. Uh, that's the knockout round. AK can't even fight. sell Brad Katona, his boy, because we all doesn't know what no, that fight's going to be. Doesn't need to be sold. Doesn't need to be sold. Sure. He said a lo- he's, we're looking for low-key bangers. That's high-key, baby. That's closing out the prelims. I, that's the, reason the it's first time spot. anyone's used the word banger with Brad Katona, I think. just Different now. Last you, saw the really Co- you saw the Cody Gibson fight. It was great. That was a good fight. Um, tough, tough fight card. So tomorrow, busy day, uh, 9 a.m. Eastern time, UFC 297 weigh-ins live on this here channel. We'll see if we have any drama to react to like we did last week after Manel Cop situation. Uh, we'll do a heck of a morning on the Twitter stream right after. Uh, then we'll have a preview show 1 p.m. Eastern to get you ready for UFC 297. And then Saturday, People's Pre-Fight Show. We'll have the watch party. Multiple boots on the ground, AK and Jose, both in Toronto, post-fight interviews, we'll have a post-fight show, and AK and I will do on to the next one live on Sunday to do some matchmaking. So there's your schedule. Casey, come on in. The baddest stash in all of MMA. He's got the sleeves cut off, so that could only be one thing. He's been lifting weights, he's been training, and he's got a winner to announce. We got a winner. This is historic, too. Historic. For the first time in BTL history with 100% of the votes. 
I'm starting to think you did the thing that I think you should have done. Your winner is A.K. Lee. Oh, there you go, A.K. Was, A.K. was I not an option on the voting? 100% of the votes. I mean, well, he was—he uh, was the vote. He was the 100% of the vote. I've been. You know, I've been oh, glancing okay, at the comments fair. there. There, they seem they seem pretty unsupportive. But I guess I was misreading the room. It looks like there's a lot of people on my side. So, uh, what an incredible feeling. Uh, oh, sorry, wrong side. What an incredible feeling to be at. Hold on, Casey. Did we get to, to it? <laughs> this is gonna get demonetized. <laughs> Case, oh, there, yeah. we, there we go. All right, I needed a little prompting. Um, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you for the amazing support. I can't believe it. Uh, you know, I always say uh, between the links, MMA fighting fans are the, the best, smartest, most cultured, mature people in the world. And that was proven today because Jed brought it. Jed was fantastic as always. I mean, he, he got to talk about never back down, which frankly might have cost him in the final. But I think he has no regrets. And uh, I certainly have no regrets about how anything's gone this fight week so far. So thank you guys. I thank you everyone who voted. I mean, <laughs> Chad, how are you feeling? I feel great. I have no, I'll never regret uh, backing Never Back Down. Just a, a masterpiece of cinema. If you haven't watched it, you should go watch it. Uh, I will say, I love, I love everyone watching. Uh, all of you are terrific. The comment section had me in stitches the entire time. I, I would ask all of you and, you know, live your life however you want to live it. If this is what makes you happy, far be it for me to tell you how. But just life's better when you pursue joy instead of being angry. <laughs> if, if, if we're making you upset, you could just turn it off, my man, and go do something that makes you happy. And if this makes you happy, then OK. But I would just say it's probably better to, to live a happier life than to intentionally subject yourself to stuff that makes you mad. Yeah, go for a jog, go to the gym, lift some weights, but put them back neatly. Don't slam them on the floor because people hate that shit. Hit the music. Let's get out of here. Thank you all very much. Press conference coming up later on. Strickland, DDP, Pennington, MBS, Magni, Malak, Curtis, Marc-Andre Barrio, Arnold Allen, Mavsar Abloya. That will be the dais. Dana White may or may not be there, but we'll find out. But thank you all very much back next week to react to everything that happened at 297 and beyond and then we have a rare off week for the ufc right out the gate for ak for jed casey on the ones and twos the iconic voice of esterlin takes you home i'm mike Heck. back next week good night everybody i love y'all so much <laughs> this has been between the links an fighting production on the vox media network the Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the US, so make sure you don't miss it. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. 
Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.